We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 213. Scott, how's it going? Good. I got a, a, a very solid day of listening to John and Susan in, listening to the game. I, I'm a big fan of listening to the radio broadcast during spring training because, honestly, like, you can look watch all the highlights. I'll watch it if I'm in, in, uh, in the house. But, you know, it's it's spring is starting, so there's there's, like, a whole bunch of crap when you own a house to like do stuff outside. Now it's like, now you got to like uncover, you have to, you know, clean up all the, all the crap that winter left at your house. So I'm a big, uh, I'm a big guy with John and Susan this early in the spring. And I got to tell you, it's a lot of fun listening to them because you have no idea what's going to happen. You have no clue what's around the corner in spring training. You don't know what's up around the corner during regular season, but in spring training, it's magnified 10 times. Well, It's, it's, it's amazing. Our boy Sterling's 80 years old this year. 
Ooh. Still, still kick. He has not. I think I saw someone tweeting. He's entering. He's eighty years old. He's entering. I believe it's his thirtieth season, and he's never missed a game. Really? It's it, like why aren't people talking about this streak? Like this should be getting Cal Ripken publicity. What is thirty times a hundred and can someone a lot? Can it's someone lot. Uh, on the Facebook uh, uh, live right now? Like, it, did I see that somewhere? Did I make that up, or, or is that true? Okay, so thirty times one sixty two. 4,860 straight games. Not including postseason or spring training. Or spring training. That's a lot of that's a lot of uh, that's, that's a lot of baseball games. That's a lot of innings. I think maybe that if people knew that fact, they would cut him a little bit more slack when he misses a thing or two. Like, okay, so he didn't see that ball go over the fence. So he's talking to Susan happened, about that something happened. that didn't really happen on the field. He did miss a home run today. <laughs> he called it a double. In fact, it was a home run. I think it was in the eighth or ninth inning. I guess a fan hit yeah, it. Yeah, that was and confusing. I was watching on TV, and that was okay. Even uh, Michael K. I thought O'Neal that was a double. I thought it was a double because that's what But you know I what? Was, like you said, heard. you're listening to spring training baseball. It's the eighth inning. The Yankees were getting kind of rocked today. It's a no-name player who's probably never going to see the major league field who hit that home run. Who really gives a crap? Right. No, I get it. That's why it's. That's why I think it's a lot of fun because when the later innings come. And, and John and Susan have to like identify these players. You have no idea. And they know it. They, they call it out. And I, I just, the dynamic between them towards the end of the, in, uh, towards the end of the game and the later innings, it's pretty remarkable. It's, it's good stuff. And you know, they've been doing this for a long time. So they know that each other has no idea who the player is. Yeah. Uh, she referenced today as the, the little guy out on second base. No, it was an opposing right? player, but it was, was the little guy. Well, the, the Rays, as we know, are going to be very confusing this year. No more Evan Longoria. Uh, they just they, they have a bunch of no-names. And your boy Evaldi was out there pitching. You shed a little tear for him? Yeah, you know, yeah, he's going to have a good year. That's what's going to happen. He's going to have a good year. And, he's gonna, and this is what we know. He's going to keep them in the game. And those are probably, uh, you know, what do they have? Archer at the top and then Evaldi, I think it might be their number two. Blake Snell. They still have Blake, Blake Snell. Blake Snell is somewhere there. Yeah, the, the disappointment of Blake Snell. Um but yeah, he's probably a number two, number three guy, and and you know they they kind of know what they're going to get. He's he's uh, he's pretty steady Eddie with that. Five innings, he'll keep you in the game. Hundred ten pitches. Hundred ten make pitches. You pull your hair out. Yeah, because maybe six, ev- maybe six innings. Has reached base, but he didn't give up many runs. No, I mean you know he's uh, he's he's a quality pitcher. It's it's. It's just a damn shame what happened to him. It's a damn shame. Yeah, you're not upset got, that the Yankees didn't re-sign him or anything like that. It's just. Wait, so he went down. When did he go down? Like it was sixteen, August, right? August of sixteen. It was at the end then? of the year, yeah. Like August, September of sixteen, and that was after, if you remember, back in sixteen, Avaldi had like a really good start to the season and then sucked, got pulled from the rotation, and then I think once the Yankees traded away everybody, that's around the time when he he had his uh, his surgery. Yeah, you know, I, when you're talking about frustrating pitchers and you're looking at guys with potential, and I've talked about this a hundred times, that I love guys that have good stuff, like toolsy guys when they're on the mound. And Evaldi's one of those guys that he's got all the potential in the world. He's he's uh, around the strike zone. He has a ridiculously live fastball. It's just his consistency to me. Like he kept saying that I lost the feel for the splitter. Like I'm like things like that. That's what started like putting me on the outs. Because if you remember, we started having a, a bit of a, t- a tumultuous relationship at the end. He started like blaming the feel for the pitch, and it was driving me insane. I can't handle that. I can't handle excuses. You don't like excuses. You like a guy to I go out like there and excuses. own it. If he sucks, yeah. You know, I, like like that's the one thing. That um, I appreciate about Sabathia. If Sabathia goes out there and gets hit, he's going to say, you know what? 
I got hit. My stuff is not good anymore. Like I have to locate. If I don't locate, right. I'm going to give up home runs. Sabathia does not bullshit or beat around the bush. No, he will tell you the way it is. I love it. And when you start getting like some some like terrible excuses and you're legitimately blaming like the feel of a pitch. Like to me, that's a that's a you. That's a personal problem. Let's how about you just get the feel back? How about that? And you know, how about who, you're a professional pitcher. Get the feel for your pitch. And this uh, this is making me have Phil Hughes towards the end's flashbacks. You remember towards the end of Hughes's run with the Yankees, he started coming up with these excuses why he's leading the league in home runs allowed and all that kind of crap. It, and that's, I think, why people just grew tired of Phil Hughes. It wasn't necessarily the performance on the field that had a big that had a lot to do with it. But if you start coming up with these horseshit excuses, I'm sorry, I just can't. Like you're a professional athlete, you're making millions of dollars. Yeah, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it either. Um, I don't want to hear it at all. You uh, you mentioned that you know it's still early in spring training, so the starters are coming out in the second, third innings. Like today, Chapman got pulled after 18 pitches because he hit his limit. But when we're going to be down there towards the end of March, that should not be happening. We should be seeing those regulars getting almost full, not probably not full games, but five, six innings. Yeah, for the majority of the, uh, you know, that last week, you're, you're getting a lot of uh, the regulars the majority of the time. The Saturday game, I believe, is a split squad game. Uh, so we'll probably still have majority of starters because the other guys are going to be traveling somewhere. So you'll see probably a lot of them, the minor leaguers go uh, wherever they're traveling on that day. Right. And then the Friday game uh, that we'll be at, which is the 23rd, is against Boston. I mean, that, that should legitimately, you should see about five or six innings of legitimate baseball, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you, you would think that you'd see the, a lot of the guys, um, and at that point, you're not, you're not really just working on your stuff. You're, you're trying to uh, you know, get into that point where you're, you're, you're becoming sharp and, and uh, entering to, into the season in a good, in a good way. So it's, it, that's as close to real baseball as you can get. We're, yeah, so we're, we're going to be down there the, the last week of spring training. Maybe spring training 2019, we experiment going earlier, earlier in the spring, see what that's like. Because we've only ever gone towards the middle or end of March for the last Yeah, last years. year I think we went on the last, the last weekend. We were kind of kicking ourselves last year that we didn't plan the trip where we could have stayed in Tampa and watched Yeah, we screwed that day. one up. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely screwed that one up. We should have, we should have extended because it was that Monday, right? Uh, we should have we should have done it where uh, we stayed for the weekend it was, uh, or yeah, maybe Tuesday or whatever it was. It was yeah. it was soon after the soon weekend. after. And yeah, they started in Tampa. So we, we yeah. definitely uh, botched that one. Right. I blame our assistant. <laughs> Who is us? <laughs> uh, uh, what do we have? Let's uh, kick through some housekeeping items for the for the regular season events, which we've been talking about. People should know about. But the first one's coming up. We're, we we're just talking earlier before we started press record. We're a month away. Yeah, we're a month away. Like today is uh, is we're damn near a month away. Um, I'm gonna run through these real quick. You guys know about them. They're on the fan shop. Go to the fan shop. You can get the tickets. April seventh versus Baltimore. It's a one o'clock game. We'll do a, a pregame at the dugout. May twenty sixth is the Angels. That's a seven fifteen night game. We're gonna be at the Bronx Brewery beforehand. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, June 29th versus Boston. That's a Friday night game at the dugout. That's a that's one of those games that you know the series that is circled. I guarantee it's sold out quickly before you move on. Very hard to find before you move on from that game. That is the Friday before 4th of July and 4th of July falls on a Wednesday. So, you know, no one's going to be doing anything for an entire week because when 4th of July is on a Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday are holidays and then Thursday, Friday are holidays too. So that's going to be celebrate it that weekend or the weekend after though. What do you mean? Celebrate you celebrate on 4th of July. You get, you get the 4th of July off. You do, but do, are the fireworks on that Wednesday or are the fire? Don't they do fireworks on the weekends? I mean, it, it, it differs everywhere. But what I'm saying is that's going to be sort of a kickoff to a midsummer break. So that I, I have a feeling that Friday night game against Boston, we are thinking these two teams are going to be 
one and two in the standings. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward. Yeah. To oh, no doubt. And it's going to be sold. I mean, it's probably already sold out, honestly. Right. Um, so we have and a lot of tickets ready to go. So the, you, you may be getting tickets through us. That's like your only chance. The one thing I'm, I, I have to mention on this, we're going to we need to weed out, make sure that and I, I did this the last time with with uh, Orioles, the Orioles game. But it's going to be harder this time, I think. But so we have to self-regulate everybody who's coming to these games. You got to self-regulate. And if you're a Yankees fan, I've had people come up to me and ask if they can bring Red Sox fans. And I, I said, no, I mean, <laughs> oh, that's just, this is uh, no, I said, this, that's what this is. This I is don't a, discriminate. This is a I don't fan. discriminate against money, Scott. I do. I discriminate because this is this is for a purpose. This is not about the money. This is about bringing the fans, the community together. <laughs> you bring a Red Sox fan, you're gonna, this is going to be problems. Well, the Red Sox um, fan has to wear the T-shirt. That's the punishment. The Red that, Sox that's, fan that's the shows up. Won't. Anyway, let me run through these. So then Boston is Friday night. Um, then the following game is July 22nd. That's the Mets. That's ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. Again, going to be sold out. We're going to do the pregame at the Bronx Brewery again for that one. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, th- both those games I'm, I'm really looking forward to. They're premium games. Um, and then another one, the, the third premium game in our, in our little uh, six-pack, is the August 18th game versus Toronto. That's the 1998 celebration, 20-year celebration of the championship team from 1998. It's a 1 o'clock game. We're going to do breakfast beers for 20 years at the dugout. We did it for the 96 game. Love it. Um, for the 96 team, so we'll do it again for 98 and then so on for every 20 years of, of us celebrating champions. And, uh, and then September 15th is the final game against Toronto, the final game that we we're, we're, uh, have our event, and that's a Saturday, 4 o'clock. As of now, it's a flex game, so hopefully they stay at 4. 22 years for breakfast, uh, 22 breakfast beers for 22 years for the 96. We could do that too. Couldn't we? We could, we could do whatever we want, but for sure the 20 years. All right. What All right. Go for before it. we, uh, before we get into it, let me guys, let me tell you guys about SeatGeek. Buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there is a better way to buy tickets with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to buy tickets for every single type of live event, whether you're searching for last minute deals, planning a night out with your friends, or need to find that perfect gift. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best price, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and amazing deals. Best of all, listeners of the Bronx Pinstripe Show get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. So go on to the website, download the SeatGeek app, enter promo code BRONX, and get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. That's promo code BRONX for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Let's go around spring training. So one thing that I... I want to do for the next couple of weeks is just touch on a lot of the different storylines because there's so much that happens, but I feel like we're two, almost two weeks into spring training games at this point. And the one player that has stood out is Miguel Anduar. That's who everyone is talking about because he has four home runs. He hit a walk-off home run about a week ago. Then he had a two homer game. People thought once Drury came in, okay, we know like Anduar's probably not going to get the third base job. Now everyone's saying, oh, not so fast. Anduar has something to say about it after all. And I, and also, can I just quickly say, Andu Anduhar Anduhar Anduhar? I, Anduhar. I thought it was Anduar. Like Anduhar. I thought the J was a woof. Yeah, it's Anduhar. That's what everybody keeps saying. Yeah. You know, whether it's actually true or not, I assume it is because that's what everybody has stuck with. The majority, you know, all of the, the people that are saying his name. So I guess that's what they told him it is. Um, yeah, he's a great story right now. I mean, the guy's mashing the ball. We all knew that he, the bat was alive when, when he's up at the plate and he's not disappointing. I mean, the dude is coming out and, and smoking the ball. He's taking advantage of his opportunity. Well, four home runs. He's got a walk off. 
Um, I don't think he's made an error yet. I haven't seen an error, right? Like the guy's playing third base just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, they were talking about that. John and Susan were talking about that today saying like, you know, this, that was the one thing that everybody was, that his stickler or was a stickler on for him was his defense. And, you know, we just, whether he's been tested enough, I don't know. I, you know, I haven't, um, seen every single inning of spring training, but they, the fact is, is that he hasn't, he hasn't shown uh, poorly at third base. Uh, and if that's the big, if that's the big reason why they may not put him in the Bronx, then so far it's not, it's not showing. And, and that's good because he's taking advantage of his opportunity. That's all you can ask for. Yeah. One thing that I've loved about the thing I love most about the fact that he's playing so well is that he, he seems to be using the Brandon Drury trade as motivation instead of getting down. He's not getting down on himself. He's saying, okay, I'm now the underdog to win this third base job. I need to prove myself. So I'm going to go out there. I'm going to play my ass off. I'm not going to be timid. I'm not going to be down on myself and say, oh, they, they don't believe in me or any of that shit. No, I'm going to go out there and mash the ball. And, and that makes me a bigger fan. That, that, if anything, goes farther in my book as saying, yeah, give him the damn job than anything. Who was it that we had on? Oh, it was Billy McKinney. It was Billy McKinney when we had him on the show, um, I don't know, a month ago. He was talking about, we asked him about, you know, who the guys, you know, who the, who the jokesters are or whatever. We asked him about the Scranton, um, the Scranton dugout and, and just kind of how the guys are there. And one of the, one of the things that he talked about was, was that Anduar was a super humble guy. And, and I think I joke, I'm like, didn't he come down and say like, he's a 667, you know, professional hitter. Cause that's, I think he hit, it was whatever. The well, that's what he was, was after the one game. And then he got yeah. the September call. Right. So that, I mean, you yeah. could, you could carry that as like a yeah. kind of a, uh, like a bragging joke. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, Oh, that look at my batting average in the Bronx exactly. or look at my batting average in the pros. And, and he said it was exactly the opposite. Like they were the ones that would, would have to like kind of rib him for it. Like, Oh, you're, you're the greatest type thing. <laughs> and he would just kind of rub it off. Uh, and I think that speaks to the way he approaches things. It seems like he's a humble guy and he goes out there and is just all business when, when it comes down to it. And, um, you know, he's not worried about the, you know, the, the look of the numbers or things like that. He wants to produce on the field. He wants to to go out there and prove that he could be that guy, uh, at the everyday for the everyday job. And I love that, you know, he's shown everything in a positive way and it's, it's, it's been good so far. And you and I, before the, before we were just, as we were reading through the notes, kicking around ideas of how, what, how it's going to shake out for the first, for opening day, right? If, say Anduar impresses all of spring and they give him the job. Well, then where does that leave Drury? Where does that leave second base? And yeah, Drury's best position is probably third base. But if Anduar is hitting, like you're not going to, there's no benefit to keeping him in the minors if you think he can play because the whole service time does, isn't a factor with him. He's already made his major league debut. So if Anduar, you believe in Anduar, they're going to start him. Where does that leave Jury? Well, he could start at second base. And, yeah. and, and so we were kind of just kicking around how, how the infield could shake out now the fact that Anduar is playing his butt off. Yeah, that's a – I mean he's such a, uh, he's such a determining factor of where everybody else goes because – He's the one guy I think that that right now um, has the least flexibility in the infield. He's a third he base. He can't move around. That's it. He's a Drury third base. can move around. Wade can move around. Torres can move around. Even Glaber could move around if you really need him to. Right. So the fact that he is doing well and and the third base job is a competition. If he is to cement that job, then yeah, the other there's there's a couple of guys that I think uh, one in particular that are are left out uh, of the opening day roster. And that's Tyler Wade. I think Tyler Wade has the most to lose for this whole situation. Um, I, I believe that Ronald Torres is cemented as the utility guy. I, I don't think Ronald. I don't think Tyler Wade is going to be for the near future competing with with him to to get that job. I just don't think Tor- Torres has done enough as that guy. 
to, to prove that he's extremely valuable on the major league roster. Yeah. And also in the, so Wade got a shot to be a utility type player at the end of last and, season and he yeah, didn't, he didn't hit, well. he didn't hit, which is fine. You can understand he was an everyday player for Scranton and he was having a great year in Scranton. It's tough to come up against harder competition and play less often. That's really tough. Right. Well, and, and, you know, Therese proves that he could go in at any time at multiple positions. And give you and a solid 275 good average, hit. good at bat, good defense. Like, Therese is not. Yeah, spect- he hit 290, man. You're selling him short. Did he hit? He hit Consistently like selling Therese short. Consistently. Is that, is that you, a short you joke? You hate Ronald Therese. Is that Therese. a short joke that you're going on? I think that's what you're trying to make it. That's a, you're being, you're bullying him. No, no I, so I don't want to be the guy that hates Ronald Therese. Please well, don't let don't me be, be that the guy. guy. No, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm the guy. It to yourself. I'm the guy who's not going to say Ronald Therese must have a spot on this team because that is preposterous. Well, no, I think he is the utility guy. I think he's hands down the best utility guy on this team. And, and I and agree. I, but if we get to so a therefore point he's in the, the season – if we get to a point in the season and it's June and you have a guy who's playing better than Ronald Torres and you want that guy to be the utility guy, fine. I have no problem with that. Like Ronald Torres is never going to block anybody. I don't understand the situation and how that could happen though because if you're talking about a guy that's that's playing better in AAA, Brandon like Drury. Tyler Wade. No, what if a, what if Glaber Torres is up playing second base, Miguel Anduar is up playing third base and you have Brandon Drury. Brandon Drury okay. can shift around the infield. He can yeah. play multiple positions. You're not going to play Ronald Torres over him if, if Drury's having a solid season. No, I think Drury's probably the one guy that could only do that. I don't think it's anybody from the minor leagues. Like To me, Tyler Wade, uh, we were talking about this before. I think Tyler Wade right now is playing uh, and, and showcasing himself for other teams because I just don't see a long-term position. And everybody's talking about him. like He's the forgotten guy, but we love him. He's, we're very high on Tyler Wade. That's great. Like He could very well become a good player. I just don't see it happening on this team because I don't see where it's going to happen. I really don't. I don't think he's going to be in that utility right. role. I think he's he's you know destined to potentially be better than another team. I think he could be an everyday shortstop somewhere, not here. And, and I think he's uh, his best opportunity to, to to be a professional baseball player and to have a career is not at, not with the Yankees. And I think he probably knows that. It's interesting though, like with all the trade talk, the Yankees were in the trade talks for. Um for Garrett Cole and all the different uh, options in the offseason, Wade's name never really came up. It, not in the rumors, at least. Right. No, he wasn't. But you, th- and, you figured it would have been. Like, he's yeah, not going to be a centerpiece. Many, uh, he's never going to be a centerpiece, but he's a, a, certainly a nice player to add to a deal if you're a team. Yeah, I, I really think that's what he is, he's becoming. And if he can hey, – look, if he, could go to, if he can go to AAA – and and prove that he has maybe a little bit more pop and like still has the speed and plays a he's a very good glove. Um, you know why would a team looking at him? He's an athletic dude. Uh, he he's got a he's a five tool guy. Uh, that's a that's an attractive player at the AAA level who is who is playing well at AAA. You know for a team like Oakland, you <laughs> know, toolsy. He's toolsy. Yeah, I would want him. It's just that he just doesn't have a spot on this team. We got a lot of toolsy guys on this team, and unfortunately. <laughs> He's losing out. He's the least toolsiest. This is the toolsy podcast. Uh, our guy Clint Frazier has been sidelined with a concussion. So he made a really nice leaping catch about a week ago, hit his head on the wall, and he's been out ever since. Russ Wilson told him to just chug water. Apparently that helped a little bit, but I guess it wasn't the concussion water. But that's it what we just, do in the NFL. It was just, regular, water. It was just regular filtered water, like Dasani. Like that's not going to cure you. You need. Oh, some it wasn't con- smart water? He didn't like do a commercial for his <laughs> smart water or you whatever need some, he has? You need some special grade A shit concussion water that Russell Wilson is Concussion pushing. water, yeah. Yeah. Smart water is concussion water. <laughs> that's, that's actually not a bad commercial for the NFL. 
Probably but should it, have. But, but it's but it's scary because we've seen concussions. Like I, I think back to um, Justin Morneau when he got his concussion with the Twins, and he was like never the same player. And he said like I just for an entire half a season was wrong because of my concussion. So concussions can really yeah. screw you up. Yeah, I mean it's it's your it's a it's a head injury. Right. Head injuries are not good. Head injury head injuries can you know like. It kind of controls your body. That's a little and, breaking and news for you. Controls on what you do and how you know. Yeah, breaking news: the head is important. Um, yeah, no, it's a big deal, and and it's not something to mess around with. And obviously, with you know every with all the uh, the the new medicine and and the new technology, they can they can go in and see what concussions do and how head injuries affect uh, athletes long term, near term. Like, there's so much more information out today that they're not going to mess around with it. And do they even have? Do they have a, pro, a concussion protocol? I guess the, no. The I mean, seven it's not as public. It's not. Yeah, the the seven day DL was the seven day DL is used for that. But uh, it's not as publicized and as high profile as the NFL right. because the NFL is. I mean, there's no impact. Right. Literally, no. There's no impact anymore at all. Well, there's impact with a wall, or there's impact. Well, yeah, but I'm saying not. It's not player to player impact no. anymore. No. But the, but the seven day DL, I guarantee, was there. Like one of the big reasons was because of a concussion. No, that um, that that was the reason. I think they said that was the reason. But yeah, it's a big deal. So I hope they take their time. Unfortunately for, for one, I don't think he was going to be making the major league roster anyway. So um, he needs to get his Well, I don't know because right. now Ellsbury is also sidelined with an injury. And we know injuries for Ellsbury can last years. He yeah. could be out no, for the rest true. of his life. It's crazy now with Drury though. And, and de- depending on what's happening with the infield, I think it actually could have an impact on, on Frazier as Ooh, well because Drury can play the outfield. He can, but he's not an outfielder. But he can play the outfield, so they could add him as another guy that that gives them options all over the place. He's they he's been um, they said he could play first base as well. So, look, he's a guy that that gives them a lot of options. He's not a minor league player. Um, I think it does affect Clint Frazier at some point, at some level, uh, even if uh, Ellsbury's hurt. The fact that Drury can play the outfield it gives it gives Boone a lot of flexibility. Yeah, another update on Ellsbury is that Boone said they're going to actually give him some time in left field this spring. And I was uh, I was thinking the last time um, Ellsbury played left field was in 2010 with the Red Sox, and he actually in the first game collided with Adrian Beltre and hurt his rib cage. I think he broke a couple ribs. So maybe that's what the Yankees are trying to do is have him collide with somebody and be injured, so he's no longer a problem <laughs> to the roster. Bold, bold hot take right there. <laughs> I connected the dots on that. That's one. a that's a good one. Uh, what did you think of the Adam Lynn signing? I think it was a smart. I think it was another under the radar Brian Cashman move. I mean, Adam Lynn had a good year last year with the with the uh, Nationals. Uh, he was a 300 hitter. He's got some pop. He's a he's a guy who can also uh, come in during the game. He's a he's like a uh, he has a, a very good career um, as a pinch hitter. Like he could come in at cold and go out there and give you a good at bat. He's like a that. he's a veteran guy who can play first base. I think it's a very good move. He's it's like a modern a, day Matt Stairs. Or modern yeah, day yeah. Ruben Sierra. Okay, um, he's a he's a guy. There was a it was a smart move. It's a minor league deal. You're looking at a lot of these guys right now who are free agents that that in in years past you wouldn't see as free agents by any right. means. Like this guy would definitely be in camp somewhere. Yeah, he only and, got and, so he was. Um, I forget who tweeted this out, but they asked him why Lynn chose the Yankees. He's like, well, I only got one other offer and it was for another minor league contract i don't know what team it was with but you, adam lynn in 300 plate appearances with the nationals last year hit 303 and had a little bit of pop what did he have uh, 14 home 14. runs in 300 plate appearances and that dude can't even get 
like a major league one million dollar contract, like just come in here and be our backup first baseman or something, or be a be our be a a, a platoon player. He's looking at Chris Carter's contract from last hey, year and like, what do you do? Like, four and what? a half million or whatever they paid You can't Carter? give me – did you see what he did? You see <laughs> who I am? Like I'm 10 times the player Chris Carter is. Right. Um, the only bad thing he's got going is the, is, the, is the goatee. So bad. It's the worst goatee of all time. It's, it's, a, it's a terrible goatee in this picture from the Nationals. It's, it looks like a um, – uh, I'm trying to think of, of like who – like Stone Temple Pilots, I feel I feel like Scott Weiland had a, a goatee like that in the mm. early '90s. Yeah, something like that, or maybe it was uh, what's his face, uh, Mark McGrath from. <laughs> it's like it's like an early '90s, uh, like mid '90s rock goatee, just straight down. Yeah, it, it's it, terrible looking. He looks like a guy who sells fake weed in like the South. Is what he looks He's, like. He look. It looks like he smells moonshine. <laughs> it's a. It's not a good. It's not a good look. Thankfully, he would uh, he would not be keeping that right. if he if he's up with the Bronx. We haven't has he, he has he reported officially to camp though. At this uh, point? I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not sure I'm not if sure. he has or not. Yeah. Well, we have. I was asking because we haven't seen what he looks like without the goatee yet. With the probably ears. looks like this without a goatee though. <laughs> um, Tyler Austin, who we didn't mention in that infield uh, equation, is also he's not he. I think he only has like a one eighty batting average, but he had a walk off home run on Friday. I think he's got two dingers in, in spring training, so he's another guy that I guess you can't leave out of the equation. Well, I mean, we have to have a, a backup first baseman, so there's going to be a, gu- a guy who who wins that job, and Tyler Austin's probably the leader in the clubhouse. Um, I, I think the 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 Lynn signing definitely you know lights a fire under his ass a little bit. Um, but it's never been it's never been the 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 play of of Austin when he's been healthy. It's been his health. I mean, I, I think he serves he's a great you know option at first base because he's a right handed hitter. He uh, he he could go he goes to the opposite field all the time. So he plays at Yankee Stadium. Um, he, he's got a decent glove. Like I, I think he's a he's a great job. Like that's a perfect job for him right now. I don't think he's an everyday player, but. Um, it's well, here's the problem, though. Here's the problem with Tyler Austin is that now I, I don't think he can play any other position. Like he could play right field, but the Yankees have so many outfielders that you're never going to play Tyler Austin in right field over one of the other outfielders. Yeah, but the backup first baseman's not going to play any other position. I mean, you put Linda in there; he's not going to play any, any other position. No, but if, if you have, but if you have Brandon Drury, he can play. Yeah, but position. I don't know how serious they are about Drury at first base at all. Like that's a lot of positions for him to be a, a potential. Well, he's done it all though. He's done those three positions plus the outfield with the Diamondbacks. Third yep. base is where he feels most comfortable. His second most, uh, uh, the position he's played the second most by games is is second base, and then right. I think it's third base. I mean, then I think it's a uh, first base. I don't think it's a lot of first base. I think that first base is probably not something that the Yankees are looking at him. I, I really don't. I don't. If he's going to be that super utility guy too, like one, they, they expect him to have a starting job, I think, starting. So there's going to be a guy in there, and it's going to be a guy that probably can't play any other position. It's going to be Austin, most likely, or it's going to be Lynn, right? Like McKinney, we saw it was like kind of a dark horse that could potentially, like, I don't see that happening. McKinney's going to be in the minor leagues, and, and Lynn's going to be the guy. Guess how many games he's played in his career at first base? Two. <laughs> one. <laughs> Yeah, I had a feeling you were wrong. <laughs> yeah, so it's second base, third base, outfield, right? Is what he's done. Okay, so now, now, what do you do besides? Uh, besides I don't know. Have a guy base, that plays first base. Chris Carter played like forty f- freaking games at first base for them. You tell me, Brandon Jury can't. Yeah, the point is, is that he's going to be playing other positions. He's not going to be there. There's going to be a backup first baseman involved, 
and it's going to be a guy that no, plays first see, base. I don't think you don't need numbers, to play any of the positions. The numbers don't work out. If you have a, a dedicated backup first baseman, you can't have Andor, and Drury, and Torres, and uh, Glaber Torres on on the team. There's just Glaber Torres many. is not going to be on the team. Well, you, but in two weeks, he probably will. I think it's going to be longer than that, honestly. He has not had a great spring, but we have. But it's it's March. We're recording on March fourth. Like the bottom line is, everybody is so ready to put uh, Glaber Torres at second base right now, and and it's one. He is coming off of an injury. He did not have a full year last year. He did not have a full year at AAA yet. This is a guy that they're not going to rush. He's the number two prospect in baseball. They're not going to rush him and throw him on a team that's already very good, and they already have a guy who can play second base. And they're not—they're not just going to put him up there because he's the—he's the, the second coming. He's the next guy to come up. That's not going to happen. He's going to have to earn that spot. I, there are too many talented guys on the forty-man roster for Glaber Torres just to get that spot after the fifteen days service time or whatever it is. So he's going to have to prove that he can play and and that he's you know fully back and that he is earning that spot and producing. I think in AAA. So I don't think it's only the the fifteen days. We're not talking about um, Chris Bryant where he's just lighting up. You know, like right. clear as day, this guy's a, a, a professional. Like right now, right. We're looking at Glaber Torres, who hasn't f- had a, a full season in AAA even. So there are still question marks about him. Let me ask you a question: Will Glaber Torres be in the major leagues in April? Uh, no, I don't think so. May? Uh, maybe towards the end of May. All right. So you think it's a couple months? You think it's like at least at least or like forty, fifty games? I, I think a lot of people are are. are over overthinking how, uh, or, or I guess they're over assuming that he's the second baseman now. Is this and anything to do with what you've seen in spring training, or more no. what they've done with what you've seen other guys do in spring? No, training? Like I, I, you've seen Drury come in. You've seen Tyler Wade playing pretty much every day in spring training. No, I think Drury definitely is one one of the the factors. The fact that Anduar is showing that. I mean, to me, he's showing that he can play. I, I don't see how they could – if he continues to hit like this and doesn't sh- sh- you know, prove to be a liability in the field, I don't know how they could put him in AAA. He's ready to go. He seems to be ready to go. Um, so Drury is a big, uh, a big decision, a big deal on that part. But, but it's also – look at what the organization does. The organization doesn't rush guys up. The organization makes you take every step. They don't, they don't skip steps usually. And, and usually they – you know they uh, they falter to the side of caution and letting them groom even further in minor leagues. So I don't I don't see there's nothing telling me that the Yankees are just going to rush Glaber Torres up to play second base if they're not if he's not proving that he's you know handling AAA very well and he's handling second base very well because again you know he played shortstop he played third he played second like he's going to be going to second base he needs to prove that second base is a, is a he's mastering the craft of second base. I think there's still a lot of things that he has to prove to the Yankees internally. And I think fans are just jumping a little too far ahead with, uh, with the, him being the second baseman of, of, of right now. He's the, he's the second baseman of the future, but right now I think he's got some, uh, a little bit of time. I'm curious since you were listening to John and Susan today, what did they say about Stanton's play in left field? Because he lost a ball in the sun early in the game. And then he didn't really play a ball down the left field line, like a left fielder would. He kind of took a weird route to it. Didn't go after it hard. Just did not look like he wanted to be out there. So a couple of things. They 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 
look and they see anything that happens in spring training, they don't care about. Like they're they they very even if it's saying, positive, even if even if it's no, yeah, positive. they don't care. They don't care. They don't care about any because type you know of the standard the standard protocol in spring training is if a player is playing well, you predict MVP for them, and if a player is not playing right. well, it doesn't matter. Yeah, the Andrew Rotundi rules. Absolutely, right. that's exactly what it is. Um, but one thing that they what that did happen was was Brian Cashman came on and was talking to them during one of the innings. And, and basically Cashman said that if, if these guys are in left field, they've had conversations with them. If it's between you and the ball and you and the wall, let the ball drop. <laughs> they told them that. They specifically gave them those instructions well, to say, see, do that. And now problem. early in spring training, they're going to err on the side of caution. They're going to err on the side of, okay, I need to get my ground. I don't, I don't feel 100% comfortable. I'm not going to go balls out for this, for this ball. And yeah, they did – like there, were, um, there was talk about the sun all day. Like there were – the first one is a, a bunch total, of guys like, that lost balls in the like sun. Brett Gardner could have lost that ball in the sun. Out in Any, the, like, anybody could. Right. It was a clear sky. In a, but but the second one was bad. Like he looked like a bad left. And, and I'm sorry. If, if we're talking about a, a crummy left fielder out there just so we can get that bat in the lineup, that uh, that's not worth it to me. Yeah. I mean, Manny Ramirez has something to say about that. But No, Manny, the, uh, Ramir- Manny Ramirez would have caught that ball down the left field line. Manny Ramirez, I, I didn't see the play. So I don't – I was listening. Um, Manny Ramirez anywhere outside Fenway was a giant liability. Like he knew yeah, how to play the ball. I understand that, but but he wasn't. You act like he would run after balls. No, the, he wouldn't. But he would catch balls that were easy pop ups down the left field line, and that's what that was. The bottom line is it's March fourth. He's playing. <laughs> I know left field for the first time as a pro. Yep, and he's gonna get his his uh, you know, he's gonna have bad plays, and he's gonna we're gonna see him look bad in left field. We're gonna see Judge go to left field and look bad. It's going to so happen. We're so gonna we see to them be... both, we're going to see them both in left field in spring, but we're only going to see one of them during the regular season. Boone actually said that on the, on the broadcast today when he, he was being interviewed. He said once we get to the regular season, we're only going to send one of those guys over there. You're talking we, about for the entire season? Yeah, like if, if, say, Stanton plays some left field, Judge will never play left field in, in the regular season. That's what Boone said. I have a hard time believing that. Why would he say it? I just I don't know I don't I have a I have a very hard time believing that that would be the case. They they From, don't want to they don't want to screw with two guys. They rather just screw with one just guy. Screw with one guy. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think the fact that uh, they they got us. That's it, you can't say that statement. Like you just can't well, say he that. Said that statement. Because you you don't know you don't know what's going to happen. I don't believe him. That's he's, the Aaron he's a rookie Boone. manager. That's an Aaron rookie, Boone statement right there. That was a rookie comment. That so was a here, rookie comment. This is, this is what we've got to keep track of. We've got he's to. Gotta, he's got to make sure that he's setting himself up to, for failure. Like that's that's something that people will keep in their back pocket. Look, well, I hundred no, percent don't backtrack on that. The injuries yeah, happen. All this make, stuff happens. Like who knows? It's a comment but. that means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. They've already talked about both of them getting work in left field. Both of them have talked about being comfortable. Aaron Judge played there in college. He's comfortable in left field. He's just got to get the repetition. Both of these guys got to get the repetition, and they got to see who is the best. Are they probably going to play the the guy that feels more comfortable in left field? Yeah. Yeah, that's probably – it makes sense, doesn't it? It does make sense to play the guy that feels most comfortable in left field when they do play them both. Do you get the sense that either of them does not really want to do this? No, I actually get the opposite. I think both of them are, are are so fair game for this entire thing that they're they're like, let's do it. They don't. I I feel like Stan has been such a team guy already, and I'm surprised by this actually because I thought there was a level of arrogance with him. You know, honestly, if I'm looking, if I'm was looking at at you know how he was in Florida and me just not <laughs> seeing him every day, not really seeing him interact, I I I don't even know where the assumption came from, but that's just what was in my really? head. 
there was a level of arrogance, I thought, from him. And I thought he may be maybe an issue, maybe too much of a prima donna. And I'm, I was wrong, totally wrong. And I think that he fits in beautifully. And I think he said all the right things. And it seems like he's doing all the right things. So See, I don't think it's a problem at all. That's funny. I just took it as confidence, which you and yeah. I have said a million times, like with Clint Frazier, confidence is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. And people, people who get on players for being too confident, like you're a professional athlete. You've got to be confident. I would much rather the guy be confident than timid. Like it's that that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard if you get on a guy for being too confident. I'm not getting on him for that. I, no, no, I'm not saying my... you are. I'm just I'm just this is old man yelling at cloud. Like I'm yelling at a an invisible person. I'm, I'm yelling at a fictitious person who I am making up saying that that Giancarlo Stanton is too confident and they don't like him because of that. It's I, I think it's some of the uh some of the comments when you when you look at him during his press, he was so openly honest during that whole yeah. That whole thing, right? Like it almost came off as a little bit of arrogance, honestly. Uh, you could, you could definitely, bitterness, not arrogance. Bitterness, bitterness. I think they're both. They're, they're very, it's a fine line. No, but it's a fine line when you're talking about this given situation, and it, it could come across. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Scrub it because I think the guy is a team guy. It really, it really seems like he just wants to win, and he wants to his legacy to be cemented as coming to New York and and contributing to a championship team. That's what it seems like. How much do you think either Judge or Stanton being able to play left field, say, uh, I don't know, two dozen games, like 20 to 30 games this season helps the Yankees? I, mean, I think it helps a good amount because then you're getting against left-handed bats or left-handed uh, pitching, you're getting two of those big right-handed bats. I mean, you know, I'm sure there's some statistics, some advanced metric for <laughs> the uh, like how that would help, and you can calculate it at some point. But like you're getting another um, – MVP caliber bat in there against a left-handed pitcher. And if you look at what happens in the uh, American League, you know, Chris Sale is going to be coming in. And granted, the Yankees did amazingly against Chris Sale last year. Like, he was not a problem for the Yankees. Well, they didn't necessarily hit him. They just won their games against him. They won the games. But you get another big right-handed bat in there who can who can do damage against left-handed pitching. That's a big deal. Well, the thing, the the reality is that if you're facing Chris Sale, Stanton and Judge are going to be in the lineup no matter what. One of them would just be DHing. But if if you can move one of them to left field, what it allows you to do is take a lefty out of the lineup and replace yeah. it with a right-handed DH, which really could help you. I, I think it. I think it's very helpful. I think having the flexibility of that we keep talking about. There's there's such a big theme in this team right now. With flexibility, and it's and it's kind of crazy because you look at what what our team was last year, and you know Judge was the right fielder, Gary Sanchez was the catcher, and now there's like they're shuffling around with a designated hitter spot. Who the hell knows who's playing third base? Who the hell knows who's playing second base? Like there's multiple guys that can play all these positions. Left field, you know, it's Brett Gardner's job, but against lefties, who's playing left field? There's so many uh, puzzle pieces that that just haven't fit in exactly the way that they're going to work this year. It's it's pretty crazy when you look at the um, flexibility of the team. It's it's a it's like a transformer. I was just thinking about it. Like the only position that's really not even a question. Shortstop. Shortstop. Didi's the shortstop. And yeah, that's just the bottom line. And no one else is going to play shortstop unless it's Torres for a game because Didi. And Greg Bird is the starting first baseman. No doubt. But as you know as well as I do, that does not mean a lot because things could change with Greg Bird. I'm hoping they don't, but things could change. They could. That's enough. Uh, two final topics. Uh, first, quickly, because Chad Green started today uh, on Sunday, and then after the game, Hoke tweeted that the Yankees' preference is to move Chad Green back to the bullpen. Aaron Boone said that in his press conference, which is what we assumed all along. Um, and I could kind of tell just how Chad Green was pitching. He was pitching out of the stretch. He, he, he wasn't even pitching out of the windup. 
Well, I mean, Cashman said something uh, actually pretty interesting about that too, is the reason they wanted him to go in as a starter is because the the off seasons that he has known has been as a starter. He's always done the off season as a starter. Oh. He's actually never approached the off season as a relief pitcher. This so is... he's going in there doing the same things, keeping the road, keeping the repetition the same, doing the same things, making sure you're coming in, knowing how your body works. Uh-huh. Like, I, it's genius. You believe in that? A hundred percent. Oh my god, that that is Cashman finding a nice, uh, convenient loophole for the fact that he didn't know when he went into this winter. If they were going to re-sign Sabathia, if they were going to have Jordan Montgomery back, if Tanaka was going to opt out or not, so he was preparing himself to having to fill multiple. Yeah, but that happened so early spots. in the spring, in the the off season. On the thing, he could have changed that. Like, I, I, it does make sense when you when a guy knows he does the same things in every off season to get ready as a starter because he's been a starter his whole career. Why would you not want that guy to do the same things to get ready for the season? Like it, it makes sense. sense. Just... In spring training, you're only throwing a couple innings anyway. It's not like you're really going to be lengthened out until the end of spring training. So now he's just going to figure out his new, you know, maybe it's just him getting ready as a as a start, like the way he's always done it. And then he just slowly starts scaling it back. It just never gets fully stretched out. Here's the thing I'm really interested with Chad Green and, and how Aaron Boone uses him. Last year, Girardi used him every – he didn't use him on consecutive days. He was a – three plus out guy does Boone use him as a every night guy seventh inning guy eighth inning guy or does he use him as a multi-inning guy a couple times a week that'll be interesting that will be interesting I think the whole bullpen is going to be an interesting you know theme of how Boone's using it because you know and I wonder how much influence uh, Larry Rothschild has and how much carryover I think a ton I think it's on as well the only guy who knows all of the pitchers on the roster like Boone is still learning so if we're thinking in that way, then we could probably see a lot of what we saw with Girardi, unfortunately. Well, but you're not going to see the no, changes. G- Girardi, Girardi's, um, <laughs> Girardi had like a, math, a maniacal formula to like figure this crap out. Like, oh, he pitched – he threw 22 pitches on Tuesday, which means he can only throw 19 pitches on Thursday, which means he has to throw 40 pitches over the weekend. Like you don't know what Girardi – what was going on in that head. I think that – they're probably going to try to cement him into a, into a role early and then it will change. Uh, he's, he's proved that he could be a guy that can, that can pitch multiple innings. But, but then again, now we're seeing what David Robertson could do with multiple innings as well. I mean, he came out there and was a, a freaking man when he came out and threw multiple innings towards the end of the year, yeah. like, and in the playoffs, like the guy shows, like, I don't need to be a one inning guy. I can go out there and I'll goose gossage the hell out of this game and throw <laughs> multiple innings. Playoffs is a different animal though. Yeah, he did it towards the end of the year, though, too. I mean, he just – he proves that he's not a one-inning guy. He doesn't have to be. Yeah. All so, right, so again, flexibility in the bullpen. So the Russell Wilson charade is officially over. He spent Thank a God. week in camp. He gave everyone signed footballs on his way out. What are your final thoughts on Russ Wilson? Okay, I, I for, I'm glad you mentioned the football thing. I thought that was a really cocky move. <laughs> yeah. Nobody cares about getting a Russell Wilson signed Thank football. Thank you. I was going like, to say the same thing. Like, so CeCe gets a, a football. He's like, oh, thanks. And then does he start throwing it with his kid? Like, does he give a shit? Like, that's a really, really, really arrogant move to, to like, sign a football and leave it in everybody's locker, assuming that they wanted a Russell Wilson signed football. Right. And if I'm, if I'm like, a lower-level guy who needs money, I'm selling that thing immediately. Oh, you're probably getting 100 bucks though, like 200 bucks. It's, it's just, I don't know. Like, I guess it was a nice gesture, and, and that's what we're looking at. But what could he have done? It's such an arrogant pro-athlete move. Uh, to to leave that I don't know something else. But well, he took some guys. The fact out. That he's like, I'm going to grace you with my signature and give it to you as a gift. Here, take my gift of my signature on a ball. I, it's 
a signed picture would have been probably the level up from that. I think he took some uh, some guys out to dinner. That would have been like that's something I, I could see. I would have, you know, what he needs to do. He needs to get a photograph, a, a printout of the the generic Photoshop that they did with him in a Yankee uniform that they've been using on television, <laughs> and sign that. I would frame that. I was actually kind of impressed with how good he seemed. He is at baseball, like in his one at bat. He actually had a really good swing at that first pitch, and he struck out in the at-bat, but he did not look overmatched. Like, I think he's better than Tim Tebow at baseball. Oh, I don't agree with that. He, I mean, he was in, what, single A in the Colorado Rockies system? He hit, he hit like, like 230. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I don't know. I, look, Tim what does Tim, what is Tim Tebow hit? I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with the comparison. I have no idea what Tim Tebow is doing, honestly. I'm not really tracking to He hit cleanup for the Mets the other day. <laughs> I just – Russell Wilson has played baseball his entire life. Like, he's going to look the part. He was overmatched. That's why he struck out. Does he, come, does he come back to camp next year? No. That's a one-time – it better be a one-time thing. Why? He was with the, in the Rangers system for a couple years. I guess. The Rangers are the Rangers, though. I, I don't know. Maybe he will, but I, I hope not. I, I, it was annoying to me. Like The whole spectacle was just getting annoying and old. For someone that follows the team every single day and like a lot of the people who listen to the show and the two of us, like I don't know how you're not – Like I would give me – I want to watch the other guys. I don't care about Russell Wilson playing. No, if I'm, I don't, I no, would rather watch a guy from single A play than watch Russell Wilson. No, if I'm in that stadium on Friday and when Russell Wilson got to got to bat, I'm happy. I would rather watch Russell Wilson hit because I can't see that all the time. I'd rather watch him hit than watch a, a single A guy. It's get a spectacle. It's like going to the yeah, circus. It's a spectacle. You want to and, see the monkeys? And we and we do said cool that's things. exactly why the Yankees did this. It's a spectacle. It's a charade. Yeah. So we're calling it what it is. But I did didn't watch. Manute Bowl, didn't Manute Bowl sign uh, – was it a hockey or was it baseball? I thought it was, I think it was hockey. I think they actually put him in skates. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. He's like well, nine feet tall. It kind of got me uh, like reminiscing though like about Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders and like the actual two-sport athletes, both the, the guys who went – Played Major League Baseball, played NFL. Yeah, at a high level. Deion yeah, was a Deion was a won a World Series. Did he win a World Series with the Braves? Uh, I'm not sure if he was on that team, but Bo Jackson was a legitimate professional baseball player. He was an all-star. He was a legitimate football player, obviously. Injury was the only reason like that guy was, was derailed for his sports career, but he's probably the best two sport athlete ever, right? uh, Up there. Uh, Jim Thorpe, you know, you you could go way back. Who was the guy uh, for the Braves in the nineties? Brian Jordan. Oh yeah. Brian Jordan played. Maybe he was like early two thousands, but he was like a pretty solid player in the majors. Was he a good football player though? I don't remember. He was a better baseball player. I think that he was a football player. Was he? I think. Okay. But he was pretty, Uh, he was. Jordan, Jordan played. That was a charade though. That was, he got, didn't he just get in trouble for gambling and he had to go to to baseball? Is that what everyone says? Probably. I mean, that was one of the reasons, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not an easy thing to do at the pro level. You have to be a very special athlete to do that. And I'm not saying Russell Russell Wilson isn't a good athlete because he is. He's a he's a, a tremendous athlete. Um, he's just not a professional baseball player, right. and and that's fine. A lot of us aren't. <laughs> so the lineup we've seen some regulars play the last couple of days, and it seems like Boone is going to have either Judge or Stanton in the two hole. Gardner's been leading off. Judge hit two the last couple of days, and I know Stanton was in the two hole a couple of times. Um, but how how would you conduct the lineup? I guess two through six with Judge Stanton, Sanchez, Bird, and Didi. How would you shuffle those guys around? Because I think yeah, those I, guys are going to be hitting two through six. 
I think it's going to interchange. I think it's going to depend on who's on the mound. Uh, it is, you know, if we got a lefty, he can stack the righties. Um, but for the most part, I, I have a feeling it's going to be Gardner. I still think Judge is going to be that two guy. Um, and then I think Bird's going to be the three. Like, that's just kind of a gut. Um, maybe he doesn't start out in the three, but I, he, he, he feels like a three hitter. I mean, you think about and you you hear about and remember about when everybody's talking about the minor leagues and and when all these guys were coming up. Like Bird was the guy. Bird was the guy that they were talking about being the best hitter of all of Sanchez and Judge and like Bird was that guy. Um, so Bird was in the three hole on opening day last year. Yeah, the I, lineup I think, went. The lineup, if you remember, went Gardner, Sanchez, Bird. Um, I don't remember who was cleanup at the beginning of last year. I mean, uh, what's his name? Uh, Judge was hitting eighth. Yeah, the I, I mean, I, he to me is a is a is a shoe in for that three that three hole because he's a lefty. He breaks up the righties, um, and then you go and You're then you go. Worried about his with, lead feet at all? He's gonna clog the bases. Yeah, he's freaking slow. He's really slow. <laughs> so slow. He got thrown out twice in the Houston series. Um, but Stanton, I think will hit three, and then uh, I mean, no, it's, you mean four? A uh, four, sorry, and then uh, and then. You're, and then I think they might stack at that point. That's when you yeah, might see Sanchez, another stack because Sanchez is going to hit Sanchez, five. Sanchez, Didi, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. I like and I that. think there could be some you know, mixing in. I think Bird, when they're up against a, a tough lefty, that may change with uh, Bird in the three-hole. So I was uh, thinking about uh, a segment that we could do, and, and it's, it's more of a stat-focused segment. And I looked at who led the team in some key categories last year. I want to kind of predict – I know we're really good at making predictions. Who's going to lead the team this year in certain categories? So last year, Judge led the team with 128 runs. I believe he also led the league. Um, who do you think is going to lead the league and uh, lead the team in runs this year? I think he's going to be Judge again. I have no reason to doubt that it will be Judge. And you think he's, he's going to uh, maintain that high bat, that high uh, on base <laughs> percentage? Yeah, because I think he's going to walk a ton. Uh, I think he's just going to become a more disciplined hitter. I think as you go and you, as you mature at the plate, you know, discipline is one of those things that that definitely every year gets better. And I think that once he becomes, and I think he was, I think he was like so far improved from the year before, uh, the, you know, the second half when he came up. Obviously, like we saw what the difference was. He was a patient hitter. He laid off a lot more of the pitches that are out of the zone, especially the breaking ball out uh, out and away. So I have – there's nothing that leads me to believe that he's going to be less of a patient hitter. And um, so, yeah, I think the only the only thing you can think about is that there are so many guys in this lineup that can do damage. You wonder who they're going to attack. And and that's that's one of the things that we'll see as we go because there are so many dangerous guys in this lineup that can do damage, you know, with, with the long ball. Um, and now uh, if, you're, if you have a healthy bird in there at the three spot, we're going to see what, what happens. But um, they're going to attack more of these guys at, at different times. Well, if Judge is batting second, then I would definitely say he's a, a leading candidate because he's going to yeah. get driven in a ton with with um, Bird, Stanton, and Sanchez hitting behind him. Yeah, and I still think that he's going to be the guy. I mean, he was the two. I don't think they're going to change that. I don't think Boone is going to really – Boone is going to want to do a couple things. He wants to obviously win the clubhouse, right? He's going to – I think he's already on, on the verge of doing that, if not already done that. So at the same time, he's not going to – he's not going to – He's going to try to dis- not disrupt as much as he can, right? He's already getting moving Judge out of right field <laughs> and like moving people around. He's going to, I think he's going to try to, to keep things relatively, um, relatively same with Judge, knowing that Judge is the guy for the Yankees. And I think they're going to keep him in the tool. I, I don't think they're going to uh, do stand because honestly, there's not much of a difference. So let's just keep Judge there. 
Last year, Gardner led the team in hits with 157. Um, I think if one guy is going to rival him, it's going to be Didi. Didi missed a full month of the year last year, but I think uh, Didi for six months, he could, he could, 157 hits isn't really that much. Um, yeah, I think Didi, well, Didi also hit higher up in the lineup. Um, so that, true. that may be a, maybe a, a problem there. So I, I still think Gardner's kind of the leader in the clubhouse on that one. Uh, Chase Headley led the team in doubles last year with 30, which I was shocked about. Dude, Chase Headley is your boy, and he had a much better season than anybody will ever remember. Well, who's going to lead the team this year? I, I still think uh, I still think in doubles, I think it's going to be uh, – I could see Didi actually leading the team in doubles. Uh, so the one that everyone cares about is home runs. Judge, 52 last year, Stanton, 59 with the Marlins. Who, who's going to lead the team? And if it's not one of them, who's it going to be? Um, I don't even. We had a similar question to this, so I may flip flop on what my answer was because I don't. Oh, remember didn't what we have I said. a mailbag question about this? Yeah, I think yeah. so, and I don't honestly remember what I said, so I may flip flop on this. But I, I'm going to go with Judge. I think Judge is going to hit the the most you, home runs still. I think you flip flopped. I think I may have said Stan last time, but I don't remember. Uh, I think Judge. Uh, I, I don't think. I, I think Judge will 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 do that. I think Car, uh, I think Stan's going to have a, a bit of a. Um, He's not going to hit as many as he did last year. Coming into a new league, I think is going to be a, a bigger transition for him. New pitchers, I think it's going to be uh, more of the adjustment for for him actually than it will be for Judge. Does any other player other than Judge or um, Judge or Stan hit more than forty? Uh, Sanchez is the guy. I mean, Sanchez is the one that missed a month, uh, still hit 30, 30 plus home runs. Like he's the guy that can go in there and mash yeah. uh, with with the best of them. I mean, the balls that he hits the with the. The, what the exit velocity a couple, Holy like a couple of days ago. Yeah, he gets into that ball. Like this dude smashes the ball. You think so, Sanchez is a little pissed that people are kind of over? Probably, yeah. Him? I think yeah. I think there's gonna be some competitive juices flowing. I think that Sanchez is gonna say, Hey, don't forget about me. I'm I'm the guy that hit, you know, when I first came up, like I'm I'm the one that did he break Babe Ruth's record? Well, uh, if like you most look at, so he's, he's played breaking ridiculous records. He's played like a hundred and uh Pretty much a full season, right? I mean, more than a full season. And I think it, it was, it was like at a his, point where there was a, a full point season. where it was a yeah. full season. He was like right there with like the all time leaders for home runs. Yeah. Yeah. After uh, the beginning of uh, or after he after the, he missed a month and then uh, came back and he actually had that the hundred and um, sixty two games. That's when you saw the stats. And yeah, yeah, he was up there. Like if you're talking about per game and per season averages, he's he's way up there. So. So, yeah, I think that the three of those guys are. They're legitimately going to be a murderer's row. I mean, they're going to destroy the baseballs. Let's move to the pitching side. Severino led with 14 wins. Who's going to lead the team in wins? I'm going to go dark horse on this one. I'm going to say Sonny Gray is going to lead the team in is wins. Is that really a dark horse? Because I feel like on a couple episodes ago, we said he could easily be the Yankees' best pitcher. Maybe. But if you're talking to people and fans, I, I bet uh, maybe one out of five says Severino. Maybe even less than that. Uh, Why? Or say, uh, say Sonny Gray. Because... Uh, because of Severino, I think everybody's having, saying Severino, and I think the way that Tanaka finished the season, I feel like people have a, a lot more confidence in Tanaka again. The reason I'm saying Sonny Gray is because if theoretically you're going to see him going up against number three, number four guys, like he's going to be down in the uh, in the lineup uh, or in the uh, the rotation, so he's going to be. But that gets you, that gets. Jumbled I know up. it gets mixed that gets up, jumbled up. But you also see the number ones go against each other quite frequently during the season. Um, he's going to be going against those guys, so I think he's going to have more opportunities to get to get wins. And kind of like what Nathan Avaldi did a couple of years ago when he had how many wins did he have? Eight, 17, no. 18, 19, 40. Did he have 20 wins? So 24, first, 24 wins? He was the first 40 game winner since like the 1920s. 
Uh, okay, so Severin, so Severino led the team in ERA for starters with 2.98. Is someone going to best him? No, I think Severino is going to be the guy again. I think he's Severino most, is going to climb. He's got the filthiest stuff. Yeah, he's going to climb. He's he's going to continue to to build on what he's doing. I think last year was such a a turn of the corner for him um, in the confidence department, and he's got the arm, he's got the abilities, and I think he's just going to get better. I think we're going to see a special year out of Severino this year. Here's an interesting one. Final one. So even though Batances pitched fewer games, uh, he actually still managed to get in 66 games last year, which led the team. Who pitches the most games? So it's obviously going to be a reliever. Who's the reliever that Boone is going to uh, lean on most? All right. I'll, uh, this is going to be another guy that I think is um, that, that people may not expect. Uh, I think it's going to be David Robertson. I think David Robertson has earned a lot of trust. I think they're going to use him as uh, uh, I don't think he's going to have a defined role. I think they're going to be using him a little bit more. I think at, at this point, Chad Green has better stuff right now. Um, David Roberts is yeah. another year older. I mean, I Chad think Green might have the best stuff in the bullpen. Right. And and David Robertson is a, is, is a veteran guy that knows oh, the majority of these guys probably better than anybody in, in, uh, in the, in the bullpen knows the, you know, the majority of the league as far as hitters. Uh, I think they, they're going to use him quite a bit this year. Yeah, I could see that. Can don't sleep on Canley either. Canley's another guy, but, and Robertson, this is what is he, this is our last, this last is his last year. Yep. So let's, you know, <laughs> rubber arm, you know, baby. Why not? Bur- he ain't coming back. <laughs> Blow that arm off. Who cares? He, yeah. He's probably not coming back most likely unless it's, it's a team friendly deal, but Let's let's see what we got out of him. Uh, quick update. So this this uh, rule change or on the mound visits, we had talked about the pitch clock a few weeks ago. There's not going to be a pitch clock, which is um, I think a lot of not people that are it ha- mattered anyway. Not yeah, but I think a lot of people are happy about that. Just for the old you know get off my lawn type baseball fans. But there will be a, a limit on the total number of mound visits, and you can only have six per game. That includes anybody. So Gary Sanchez trots out to the mound. That's a mound visit. After that, you got to take the pitcher out. Doesn't matter who the pitcher is. Once you reach six, you got to take that pitcher out. Obviously, that doesn't count for pitcher changes. So if you're pulling a pitcher anyway, that's not a mound visit. And then if you reach extra innings, uh, you get one per extra inning. And pitchers need to throw their final warm-up pitch with uh, more than 20 seconds left at the end of each inning break. So I think our our suggestion for Gary Sanchez and putting like a dog collar on him is still the best solution <laughs> out zap there. Zap him every anytime. Yeah. If he leaves the the home plate area, you zap him because like he even tried it out today during during the game. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be something that they're gonna have to watch. He's gonna have to get used to it. There's no doubt. It's gonna be like A Rod when A Rod would go like outside the box and then like oh he would be like really awkward looking. Yeah. And then go back in the box. It's something that he's just going to have to get used to because, you know, he's got such a, a routine. Um, I, I don't think it's a bad rule, honestly. If we're talking about all these all these dumbass rules, like this is not the worst thing in the world. Limiting the mound visits, probably not the worst thing in the world. Get your communication right. Get the signs right. Talk in the dugout. It's not the worst thing, honestly. It will speed the game up a little bit. Um, will the, it? Uh, <laughs> like, will a little it? bit. I mean, again, we're talking about 10 seconds, semant- 30 yeah, seconds. But like- that's what they're talking about, man. You know, I hate all this crap. I hate it all. But we're uh, we're talking about the best of the worst. So this one, I don't have that much big of a problem with. I think the the clock for a pitcher is stupid. I don't think it was really implemented anyway. So whatever. It's just it's just another one of these things. And this one's not that bad. Will a team get uh, bit by the rule this year? Will they go over? Yes. Oh yeah. Accident- absolutely. Accidentally. But but there's no but there was no there's no penalty right it's just like they'll they'll like hey don't no, do that it do, no no matter if you accidentally go out oh you have to pull the guy out the yeah, guy yeah, yeah. comes out of the game right 
Yeah. So, so if, yes, if, there will be. If, you have, if your catcher has a brain fart and it's the ninth inning and he goes out and oh, talks to your closer, your closer has to come out of the game. Yes, it's going to happen. Definitely. It's definitely going to happen. <laughs> that would be actually hilarious. Like, it will happen. It's going to be. It's going to happen multiple times. It's not going to happen one time. No, it's, it's not going to happen multiple times time because these. Yeah. I feel like this is going routine, be, dude. I'm telling you, routine is routine. You're going to not think, and you're just going to go because that's what you're used to doing, and that's what's going to happen. What will be interesting? I don't is think where, it'll happen at the end of the season. I think it's going to happen more in the, in the beginning of the year. Where do the umpires call it? Like, how far do you have to get from the perimeter of the mound? Is there not a? Is there not an invisible box? Like, I don't know because if if like the shortstop has a brain fart, starts to trot in, then realize it. If he's two steps from the, the mound, is that a mound? Is there going to be instant, is there going to be instant replay? If he, if he breaks the <laughs> see, plane now, of the plate, see, now we're going to, now we're going to be replaying yeah. the, the mound. Like he didn't break the plane. It's going to, and it's going to backfire in baseball because it's going to add five minutes to the game because we're replaying it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Did his foot, does, does it have to be the whole foot or the, just the toe? Cause like his heel was still behind the line to me. That's still good. Right. Mm-hmm. So toe in the line there. I don't know. It's, it's dumb. All this stuff is dumb. I heard one thing. Let me tell you. Let me. If they want to really speed up the game, this is the best way to do it. Honestly, I don't even think we've talked about this. But this is the best and most obvious way to do it. Call more strikes. Call more strikes. That's it. Stop being so damn tight on the strike they zone. Talked about, uh, Call more strikes. They talked about expanding the strike zone, which would lead to more contact, which leads to more fast outs, more action. You don't have to expand the strike zone. The strike zone is well, that's arbitrary the, that's the anyway. same thing. It doesn't matter. The umpires just have to go in and say, look, I'm going to call more strikes. I'm going to be a little bit more lenient on the edge of the plate. I'm going to give more black. And that's and that's what they're doing. If there's if it's close to the black, they're calling it a strike. Call more strikes. If you call more strikes, the games will be faster. That will actually affect the game. We're going to get into mailbags in a second. But first, are you guys hiring? Every business needs great people and a better way to find them. Something better than posting your job online and just praying for the right people to see it. It's a challenge that a lot of businesses face and that, it, that challenge is finding good employees. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. In fact, 80% of employers who, who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate through their site in just one day. The right candidates are out there, and ZipRecruiter is how you find them. Right now, listeners of the Bronx Pinstripe Show can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, for free, free 99, Scott. It's a good deal. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bronx. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bronx. Again, ZipRecruiter.com slash Bronx. You can try it for free. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hey, before we get into that, I want to answer just a couple of questions that have been filtering in through Facebook because um, we're, we're, it's hard to read them as we're talking. Otherwise, we, I would totally lose where the hell I'm talking about if I'm reading out everything. Um, Aaron Baldwin's asking about Lind and uh, or, or saying, is, is there something wrong with Bird? I guess we're just talking about like a slow start from Bird. I Look, all I want is health for Bird. That's right. the only thing we are looking for is a healthy Greg Bird entering uh, the season. That's that's the biggest thing. I mean, we all know what stats don't matter because look what he did last spring and – and yeah, exactly. What happened? And also uh, something about stats. I mean, Tanaka had a rough outing in his first game this year. Last year, he was he was the best pitcher in spring training, and then he went out there and stunk for the first two months of the season. So, it, like, we, I was joking about it earlier in the season. Like, oh, if a guy is playing well, you predict MVP. If he's not playing well, you chalk it up to spring training. But really, who cares about stats? So, are you happy that Tanaka right now is just is yeah, not I doing am. well? I am. Yeah. I think this is. I think this is. This is a brilliant strategy. If for nothing, if for nothing else, 
our expectations are like Set the expectations keeping everybody's lower. expectations in line. He's yeah. got a four and a half ERA in spring training. He's probably not going to be very good. Oh, look, he's got a three and a half ERA. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Chris, uh, Chris is asking about uh, Anduar and and the way he plays the emotion and the flair. And that, that is something he, I think he does play. He's a passionate guy. You, he, you know who he reminds me of? And I think he, uh, he's, I think he's going to hit very similar to, and obviously not the glove because this guy's one of the the best third baseman, um, out there is Adrian Beltre. I, I see a lot of similarities in the way that they hit. Oh um, God. if he could, if he could get an Adrian Beltre glove, that'd be amazing. Okay, here we go. So that now I'm, I'm very glad you just said that because if Anduar has a rough year, it's because you said he's going to be the next Adrian Beltre. Beautiful. No, I said he's got similarities. I'm not, I'm not going on. Weight has been lifted off my shoulders. That's fine. I don't. I don't jinx people. The uh, and the last one and is talking about Anduar and Drury in second base. Yeah. So there's a lot. There's a lot of competition happening right there. There's time is going to tell. Um, but thanks guys for putting in your comments. Let's get to some mailbags. Well, yeah, hey, what's up, Jose Wood? How you doing? Before shout out to the we, shout out to the Padrinos Pipples. Before we get to mailbags, though, we are not going to give a T-shirt away for the ratings and reviews this week because people need to step up their damn game. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. the reviews were not were not great. So what we're going to do Go ahead. We're going to give away two shirts next week. We're not yeah. we're not we're not not giving away the shirts. I mean, we're sticking to what we said. We're giving away shirts. We're giving away two shirts next week. So come 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 hot, come heavy with the with the uh the reviews in iTunes. We're trying to uh to get over the next uh level. What are we at right now? We're at like last time I looked we were at like 876 or something like that. Um Let's push that over to 900. Let's get into that 900 zone. We want to get to 1,000 by the season. That's the goal. We've seen the numbers. How many people are listening yeah, to like, us? We should be able to get there with no issue. <laughs> if you guys, is, if like, you guys hate us, then say you hate us. No, let's go five star. Don't, say, don't say you hate us. Don't say you hate us. <laughs> that's not. That's not good for business. That's not good for business. No, but we do appreciate it. It really and 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 some of them have been just hilarious and really good. And uh, we are giving out these shirts. These shirts are. Uh, we're coming out with more shirts. I'm telling you, there are so many shirts in the pipeline that are coming out this year. You're going to want to do this so they can get a tea. Um, and we're giving them away free every single week. And next week, too, because this week, a little slacking. Yeah, we still need to get to the T-shirt from the winner from last week. We're, we know you're out there. He DM'd me the other day. so Yeah, my bad. I didn't see that DM. Yeah. So I will get to him uh, uh, tomorrow morning for sure. Um, real quick thing also on 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 this front. The um, BP crew, the BP crew, we've gotten a lot of – I keep getting emails every day from people in different cities – um, so if you are interested in either heading up a chapter in your city or you want to be involved in a chapter in your city, hit me up, hit, shoot an email to me at info at bronxpinstripes.com uh, with your city and just what's your, your name and contact information. And I'm adding people to the list. We're building out uh, the back end of the website right now, too, so that we can have a, a kind of a page for that. And then we're also uh, potentially going to be doing some more stuff on Facebook. Uh, we will have more information on that next week. But I'm really excited because they're growing and growing and growing, and it's awesome to see. People are getting really pumped up about these chapters, so keep them coming in for sure. Love it. So the first question is kind of a, from a conversation I had with some people on Twitter, and the, the, it's kind of like a two-part question. First is, why are Yankees fans so worried about the rotation? And this came from a, a, a tweet from – his name is T on Twitter – at uh, T-R-S-Y-N-S-H, Trenchnish whatever. Don't even try to pronounce it. It's I'm so even- scared of our starting rotation, high ceiling, but pretty low floor too. So my question to you is, is the ceiling on this rotation higher or the floor lower? There's no doubt about it. It's such a, that I don't even think this is a valid question. The ceiling is higher. Why, why do people think the, the, the floor is so low? I don't understand that. Well, we so, have 
We have Severino who came out and 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 like is in the conversation for Cy Young. We have Tanaka who after June 30th, I think was the magic date, he turned it on and was a was a, a guy that showed he was a number one slash number two, whatever, top of the rotation type guy. Pitched well in the in the postseason. Sonny Gray, who has been one of the best pitchers in the major in the American League at least for for years, and he's also a guy that um, you know. He he had some struggles. There's no doubt about it. But he's a top flight starting pitcher. That's three guys that would be the number one guy on most teams. Then you have CC Sabathia, who the only reason we're thinking that he could potentially be a bust is if an injury happens, right? Because he's learned how to pitch in this role. I don't get it. Jordan Montgomery, I, I don't see how he's going to get worse. Like this is a guy that's building on his career right now. He's learning different pitches. I don't get it. I don't get the blow floor. Here's why I think people are scared of the rotation. I I think it stems a lot to do with how Cashman approached this winter. He went out trying to upgrade the rotation. He was in on talks on you, Darvish. He was in on talks on the Garrett Cole trade. He was not satisfied with the five-man rotation of all those guys you just mentioned. Well, yeah, this could be a great rotation if Montgomery takes the next step and Severino and all these guys. Everything you just said could very easily happen, and we are in a position where we have five really good starters. But Cashman did not instew a lot of confidence in fans, I think, this winter for this rotation. He took the mindset of, I still need to go out there and upgrade. And I think for a lot of fans, they look at that and say, oh, the rotation's not good enough. They, they, the, the lineup's fine. We added Giancarlo Stan. Our lineup's fine. But we didn't add any starting pitchers. I think one little change, like you just, they signed one guy for the rotation and fans would have been like, woohoo! Yeah, but then we're losing. Uh, we're losing a guy exactly, like Montgomery. Exactly, but they're it just looking at, They're just looking. It's the optics of it all. The okay. rotation is the exact same same five guys at the end of last season, which took them to within one game of the uh, World Series. They didn't lose the ALCS to Houston because their their pitching uh, sucked. They lost the ALCS to Houston because their offense let them down in Game Six and Seven of the ALCS, and actually on the road. In the playoffs, their offense didn't produce. Wasn't if, if, pe- if people are having this train of thought and they're and this is a problem for them, they're they're not they're not seeing what's in front of them. They're not seeing what Brian Cashman has been doing now for the past three to four years. Brian Cashman is going out to see if he can upgrade if it works for him. He's 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 doing his due diligence on guys because that's his job. His job is to figure out what it takes to get a certain guy. If a guy is available, you go and you ask to see what that guy, what, it's, what it takes to get that guy. He's doing his due diligence to find out what it would take to potentially upgrade if it were to fall into his lap. I don't know how many times i got to say that Brian Cashman is looking for things to fall into his lap because that's what he does. He is going out and striking a position. If it works for him, if it works to exactly the way he wants to do it, maybe he will strike. But he's good now. Like he's looking around and like, I got a good rotation, but if I can upgrade, if I can potentially get a guy, um, or at least, at least talk about it, why would I not do that? He's doing his job. If a fan is looking at what he is doing and their, and their, their take is that the rotation is not good because Brian Cashman is out talking about you Darvish, like you, you need to get your head examined because he, all he's doing is trying to talk to a guy that's still available. And if he can get him on his terms, why the hell would you not bring in a guy like you, Darvish? It makes no sense to me why you think that where how you come across like that being our rotation is bad. Yeah, and it doesn't I think, make sense. It, I think the floor on this rotation is actually pretty high because at the very least we know these guys are going to keep them in games into the fifth and sixth inning, and then you can turn it over to the bullpen, and the bullpen is filthy. The bullpen goes six or seven deep, so maybe the rotation the rotation is not the best in baseball. It's not in the top five in baseball. But it's certainly in the top 10. But it could be. 
That's why the ceiling, the ceiling's right there with the, with, with some of the best. Could be. Absolutely could be. Yeah. If you have Tanaka put together an entire year of a, of a guy that's top of the rotation. That's, I think a thing people are forgetting about is that how bad Tanaka was in the beginning of the season. In the first three months of this. Like he was the worst pitcher in baseball. I'm not exaggerating. Like I know it was bad. Six point something ERA. Like he gave up 35 home runs last year. A big chunk of them came in the first half of the season. He lost his mojo. He lost his confidence. He lost everything that made him a good pitcher. And you know, having confidence in the fact that that you can throw that splitter and it's going to be down, that's a big deal because that's a big part of his game. If he and he was just leaving everything up, it wasn't there. I don't know. You know, it could have been a, a mechanical thing. It was probably all of the above, honestly. Yeah. But you you think about the potential of, I I don't see any 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 anything showing me that Severino is going to. Take any step, like there's no inkling of, of anybody of anything, any reason to think that you have three three guys at the top of this rotation who are top flight guys, very, very good guys, and then you have two guys who can, or one being CC Sabathia, who is a former ace who knows how to pitch, has the, all the confidence in the world, was like what nine and oh after a loss. Like the guy could come in and stop a, a losing streak with the absolute best of them, and then you have a, a wild card who was in the mix of rookie of the year for pitchers. Like the guy has a lot to build on. It's health. It's a, it's a good rotation. Health is the main concern with this rotation. As it would be for any rotation. Right. Yeah, that's fair to say. Uh, we actually only have two mailbag questions. So the, the, the next and last one is from Cameron Levy at Levy underscore Cameron on Twitter. And I know he's submitted some questions in the he's past. He's watching us on Facebook right now too. Awesome. So he says Hicks has been pretty bad against righties last year and for his whole career, but dominated lefties. Would you consider letting Frazier and Ellsbury play center against righties and replace Gardner and left against lefties with Hicks? So I looked up some Hicks platoon stats in 2017 versus righties. He hit 240, which is obviously him him batting left. So that's a bulk of his time. 240 batting average with an 816 OPS, which is still pretty good. Uh, 10 homers, and then versus lefties, he was much better. Obviously, it was in uh, less amount of time. 312 average, 903 OPS, five home runs. Uh, no. The <laughs> what, was, what was the question? Uh, yeah, no. Plat- the answer platooning, is no. platooning, no. The, the bottom line is, is like people, I think, I think, there's, I think there's too many, uh, too many people behind like shuffling lineups too often. Mm. And when we're looking at, at, at splits all the time, at, like numbers are a good thing, but you can also overdo them and, and look way too much in it. If, if he wins the starting center field job, he's going to be the center fielder and he's going to be the center fielder on an everyday level. Uh, you know, will he get a day off or two? Y- yes, of course. But no, I don't think they should be absolutely messing around with him going to left field and, and all this moving people around because of a left hand. Every, if you look at everybody's splits, you're going to see w- one is better than the other against right-handed pitching and left. There aren't very many guys that are, you know, dead even when you're facing a lefty or a righty. So, I don't know. I think you could get in trouble with uh, swapping around too many guys. We're already going to see magical, you know, uh, musical chairs with with the positions this year as the way it looks right now. So, so no. I think if he wins that job, then you give him the everyday center field job and you let him, you know, grow into that role. I also think Cameron's under underselling against righties. An eight sixteen OPS is pretty good. He still has yeah. three sixty three on base percentage. So the, the batting there. the batting average wasn't there, but. If you're getting on base and you're hitting home runs, which he yeah. did, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with those stats from Hicks because he can play a great center field. And any time you, you bring into the equation platooning Jacoby Ellsbury, I'm not for it. I, that's, I totally agree with that as well. Like that's the fact that he's got a, um, a strained oblique 
And those things can linger, man. Yeah. I'm telling you, they can. they can linger a long time. Is Sign. there any insurance? Is there any insu- uh, uh, in- injury insurance on this contract? Not if you there, get injured playing baseball. I don't know. There might be some kind of a, a thing at the end of it. I don't know. There might be some some fine print with the, with an injury. You got to get a good maybe an injury firm. settlement. Maybe it's like get an like, NFL um, contract. We got to get like Saul Goodman, a shady lawyer, on it to uh, <laughs> yeah. to, to find the the fine read between yeah, the but, lines. Yeah, better call Saul on this one. Yeah. Let's let's find some some kind of an out. Uh, Please God. So thank you guys um, for the mailbag questions. We did not get many this week, but let's step up that game. I think we didn't get many because things are going well in spring training. We, There's usually noticed, more complaints. We've noticed that when the Yankees are winning, we actually get fewer mailbags, fewer voicemails than when they're losing. Well, and honestly, we also got a lot of duplicates. We got a lot of lot of uh, people asking about Andor. Like Andor is the guy that everybody wants to know about. Everybody wants to to speculate about. Like this guy's mashing the ball, so it's it's very you know clear that he's the one that everybody wants to talk about. Right. So that that and. Brian Cashman's fart machine. Uh, so guys, if you want to submit mailbag questions, you can go to bronxpinstripes.com slash podcast. And you can also find us on Twitter at Yankees podcast and on Facebook, the Bronx pinstripe show. We've been getting that Facebook group going. There's a lot of good conversations in there. So, um, so definitely check that out. Final topic. There was an infamous tweet from Brian Hoke said, Brian Cashman's fart machine just made an appearance on Aaron Boone's couch. So, so Brian Cashman's a big jokester. That's 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 what's, what's but a happening. A fart right machine, there. really? A fart machine? You know, like not a, a whoop, not a whoopee cushion, like yeah. a machine. Does it smell? Does it? Get, well, does the, the New York Yankees does it provide a whoopee sense? cushion? Like, yeah, a whoopee cushion is uh, it's it's something that's an electric, an electronic device, I guess, that you can make different fart noises because a whoopee cushion only makes one, and a whoopee cushion's got to be placed in the right spot. You you place it in the right spot, it's genius. But they they also so um, I'm they also fail. I'm imagining that these guys, because they're spending so many hours together, so many yeah. hours in the meeting rooms, like you kind of get loopy, you know, after, you, after you're sleep deprived, like, you know, you're sleep deprived as hell right now. Right. A stupid thing like a fart machine is the funniest thing you've ever come across when you're, when you're sleep deprived oh, and loopy. I mean, farts are funny. They're, they're just funny. Uh, they're, it's funny farts because funny. My, my, my wife uh, was a, a first grade teacher for 10 years. And like she would not be able to control it if a kid just like ripped a fart in the middle of like a lesson. And that's bad when the first grader, first grade teacher is like fighting back laughing at yeah, it. Yeah, because I got to imagine first graders are letting them rip pretty often. Yeah, it's it's uh, so, you know, it's there's no there's no time or a place when when you're you hear a fart and it's not funny. I mean, that's just the bottom line. It's a it's a funny thing. And the, I love the Cashman's keeping it loose. Even from the top, look. That's you think he's thing. doing that with Randy Le- Ra- with, with Randy with, Levine, or you think he's doing that with Joe Girardi? I think that he's happy that Boone's there, so he can bust out the fart machine. Right. I don't think the fart machine made its way into uh, Joe. It Girardi's could have been. Office. It could have been one of. The, honestly, maybe it was the last straw. Maybe Girardi's like, look, <laughs> you got to give her. It's the fart machine or me, and, and, and Cashman's like, the fart machine. Yeah. If we get a book from Girardi in the next couple years, maybe there's a yeah. chapter on the fart machine. I think it might have been the last straw. Potentially, uh, potentially the reason why Boone's here. Um, that's it. Any last words? No, just let's uh, stay healthy. That's the bottom line. Stay healthy. Everybody, don't stop looking at stats. Look for health. Look for uh, guys getting their reps in. And uh, don't overanalyze the stats because they might not be good. But it doesn't matter at all. We appreciate you guys listening. Thank you for joining the Facebook Live. Go and rate us on iTunes. Like we said, we're going to be giving away two shirts next next week. Step up the game. We love those ratings and reviews. Also, submit those mailbag questions. Talk to you guys next week. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. 
Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.